It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into Chet Holmgren being out for the entire season. What are the ramifications from this injury? Plus, how can we reshape the narrative that has gotten way out of hand about Chet Holmgren and his future in the NBA? And the Thunder released their preseason schedule, which features a marquee day for Josh Giddy and the Oklahoma City Thunder. All of this coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod and email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into Chet Holmgren suffering that season-ending injury in his right foot, Sam Presti's comments on the injury, and what the ramifications are and impact is from Chet Holmgren missing the entire season. Plus, we're going to discuss the preseason schedule that was released over the weekend, and I'm going to show you the uh, segment from Locked in NBA, where Jackson Gatlin and I discussed the sort of fan-driven narrative around Chet Holmgren and the, and the discourse around Chet Holmgren and why that needs to get cleaned up a bit uh, around the NBA. So all that's coming up on today's show. I want to thank you first for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. And let's roll right into Chet Holmgren being out for the season. What a roller coaster that this has been. He gets hurt in Seattle at the crossover event, a pro-am event put on by uh, Jamal Crawford, which was, you know, a heavily anticipated game in Seattle. Uh, the NBA you know, stars returned to Seattle, and you had LeBron playing. You had Jason Tatum playing. You had Isaiah Thomas playing. You had Chet playing. Paul Ben Carroll playing. Um, you know, um, even even uh, Marjan Bochamp was there as well. Like there were just a lot of stars playing in this event, and young players who you want to see eventually become stars. And in this game, the the gym was packed to the gills, of course, because it is just all these NBA stars and legends. Hooping in this one small gym, you know, I think it was like a D2, D3 schools gym. And 
the place was packed, and that created, I guess, like heat and humidity, which made the court slippery and slick uh, to play on. And Chet Holmgren got hurt. And after he got hurt, uh, they called the game at halftime and just did not continue. And this roller coaster we've been on since that day, right? Leading up to the tip-off, everyone's excited. Everybody can't wait. The NBA is posting this on the NBA app. You can watch on NBA.com for free. Uh, it's it's exciting. And then we get news that it's LeBron and all the NBA All-Stars against Paolo and Chet. And it, that's just uh, you know, we make the memes about it, the jokes about it, uh, and we're excited for the game. Right, then the game starts, and the floor is slick, and Chet Holmgren, Chet Holmgren gets hurt, and everyone's freaking out. But then we eventually talked ourselves off the ledge, maybe a rolled ankle, maybe just a random foot injury, maybe it's no big deal. And then Chet Holmgren posts on his Instagram story a, a video of him, I think dunking it, it was he was doing, he was playing basketball in this video. Turns out that video, of course, was old and was not current, and uh, he was actually not already back on the court, which, of course, gave Thunder fans at the time a moment of relief, a, 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 a sigh of relief and kind of comfort, come to find out that was an old video. And then Sham Sharani of The Athletic says that maybe there's ligament damage, and we talked to Antonio Daniels that day, NBA veteran, former um, TV studio host for The Thunder and NBA champion uh, on last week's show. Go back and listen to that. And, you know, at the time, we didn't quite know if the season was over, but it felt that way. And then the next morning, the team announces he's out for the entire year. He'll miss his entire rookie season with a right foot, uh, leaves Frank injury. So he's done. He's out for the season just like Ben Simmons was his rookie year, just like Joel Embiid was his rookie year, just like Blake Griffin was his rookie year. Joel Embiid, this is his first two seasons. Zion Williamson, another guy, heavily hyped up, uh, very young you know, player. He missed the entire year last year. But since those guys missed those seasons, they've all been all-stars, right? Zion, an all-star pre-injury. The rest of them missed their first season or first two for Joel Embiid. And since then, they've all been to an all-star game at least once. Uh, and for, of course, Griffin and Joel Embiid and, and them, multi-time all-stars. Zion's only been there once, though, because he's so young. Even within the Thunder organization, Nick Collison, top 15 pick. You know, he, he was the 12th overall pick out of Kansas. Missed the entire rookie season for you know, himself with shoulder injuries. And since then, he's gone to have his number retired by the organization. So it's not an automatic, you know, kind of nail in the coffin to an NBA career to miss the first season of, of your career. It sucks that it happened. But my biggest thing is, my biggest takeaway is, you don't always have to push blame upon somebody. You don't always have to look for um, a scapegoat or reasons to be upset. Sometimes you just shrug your shoulders and say, wow, this really sucks. And this really is bad. And, and it's nobody's fault, but it's just pure good old fashioned bad luck because let's not reinvent the wheel here. We were all excited on Twitter to watch that pro M game. We all were other NBA stars signed up for that pro M game, meaning other NBA teams allowed their players to play in that because it's an NBA-sanctioned event. They were allowed to play. Shed Holmgren broke no rules to do so, and we all wanted him to play in it. We were all excited to see him play in it. It just so happened that your guy got hurt and not the other guy. So let's not reinvent this, this narrative of, you know, guys should never play in programs ever again, and, you know, it, how dare the Thunder let him play? This is your prized rookie. This is your future superstar. Yeah, so is Paul Bencaro, and he just happened to not get hurt on the slippery floor. Also, 
let's not turn this into a whole thing about Chet Holmgren is injury prone and he's, he's never going to be healthy. And this is just the start of a downward spiral. This is his first ever injury in his entire career. And it also does not seem like it'll impact any future injuries. But the bottom line is people are lazy and you can't talk basketball with everybody. We're going to get into that a lot more coming up, but what are the ramifications from this injury? We're going to get into that as well. So the Thunder announced that he's out for the season, and then an hour later, Sam Presti jumped in a, a Zoom press conference with all of us in the media, and we all jumped in, and we all listened to him talk. And he said that this injury is a rupture of a tendon and not a fracture. He said that Chet Holmgren is already lifting with his upper body and shooting without putting weight on uh, his right foot. And he re-echoed re- the fact that many players have missed their first year and have gone on to have great careers. Sam Presti also said that, that fans willing to tank now that Chet is out is, quote, uh, reality on the internet does not exist. So there's no reality on the internet. It's an, it's an alternative world. I think that our team has gotten better year over year. The progress is a lot harder to see than the setback. We are uh, coming into this season as an improved team, and they're going to the, let the season play out as they always do. That's, that's the sentiment on the whole tank versus not tank thing coming off of this injury from Sam Presti. Also on Chet Holmgren, Sam Presti says that he is really good, um, and he wants to be really good, and he cares a lot, and he genuinely loves basketball. He loves the team, and he's in high integrity. He's mature, and he has never experienced an injury before. That was the full quote about Chet Holmgren. So you've got a guy here that loves basketball, wants to be great, is going to to take upon himself to do those uh, developmental things that he can, you know, as healthy as he is, like mental repetitions, like being in the film room, like asking questions and learning uh, just by watching and observing. He's going to be engaged in the game. He's going to be engaged with his teammates, how he can help any way he can besides playing five-on-five basketball in the NBA. He's going to do those things to get better. He will get better in this year. He's not going to sit around and do nothing you know, and, and just be frozen in time. He's going to get better. And eventually he'll play in an NBA game, and eventually you know, you'll kind of see that. I think that Sam Presti calmed a lot of people down, including myself, after that press conference. And one of the biggest taglines from it, was Sam Presti saying that, hey, if you told me on lottery night that you can either have Ch- uh, Chet Holmgren, you have to wait a year, or you can have picks one or, or three or four or five or eight, whatever, then he'd gladly take Chet Holmgren and just wait the year to get him. Once again, putting you know belief in Chet Holmgren, putting a belief in, in picking him second overall and that being their guy, as it's been reported that it always was. And uh, that, of course, seems factual now from Sam Presti ever, than ever before. There are huge ramifications from Chet Holmgren's injury, like the Thunder win total decreasing by uh, three games. Where are they at now comparatively to other teams around the league? And what does this mean for the physical season, 2022-2023? What are we going to have happen in these next 82 games for the Thunder based off of this Chet Holmgren injury? We're going to talk about that and so much more coming up on today's show. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at the messaging about impaired driving. So I want you to imagine this. You are having a few drinks and you find yourself getting buzzed and maybe even stoned. And maybe you're one of these people who think it's okay to drive stoned. But what's the worst that can happen if you do drive stoned? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. 
The truth is your reaction time slows way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high if you have been using marijuana in any form. Do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different, drive high, get a DUI, make sure you are safe and responsible and do not drive under the influence. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter, at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter, at Lockdown. Thunder, at Hello Thunderpod, I should say. And let's continue talking about Chet Holmgren's injury as we are diving into the ramifications of that. So the bet online win total went from over under 26 games to over under 23 and a half games. Big decrease after the news about Chet Holmgren being out for the year. For comparison's sake, the Spurs win total is 24 and a half, so a game better. The Jazz win total, which they still have, Donovan Mitchell, remember that is 30 games. The Magic win total is 26. The Pacers win total is 23 and a half. So the exact same win total as the Thunder without Chet Holmgren. The Rockets win total is a game better at 24 and a half. So by the win totals at betonline.net, the Thunder are the worst team in the league. Tied for the worst record in the NBA, worst record in the Western Conference, tied with the Pacers for the worst record in the NBA. I just don't think that is the case. I could be wrong. But if I had to pick a side right now and put my money uh, where my mouth is, I would bet over on 23 and a half. And in fact, I would encourage you to do that if you want to bet on NBA basketball. If you want to do that, I would bet on the over right now before that number changes. Because I believe the Thunder, who won 24 games last year, are a better team. They are still improved. Obviously, Chet Holmgren was a huge piece of this offseason, and he was a, a big you know, kind of talking point of how the team did get better. And it's easy to see, hey, second overall pick out of Gonzaga. He does. He has these elite traits like the shot blocking, elite trait like the 40% three-point shooting. He's this funky center that plays like a guard. He's awesome. I get all of that. And he still is all of those things. And it is going to suck that he's not playing. And it is going to hurt the win total by three or four or five games even. But this team still holds two lottery picks, Jalen Williams and Usman Chang. This team still holds three rookies on it that I think got the team a little bit better. Those two plus the Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. 
So you've got two additional lottery picks from last year's team, which which then, of course, if you look at this just kind of as a spreadsheet, you then now add two lottery picks to a team that won 24 games last year. Hypothetically, you automatically drop the two worst players from last year's team and put these two two guys in it, in their place. That should get you better, hypothetically. You have SGA, who is still improving and is a budding star and could make an all-star game this year if the record is even somewhat respectable. That is a fun thing to watch for. And then you have SGA and Josh Giddy, who still need to grow chemistry together and still need to, to learn how to play together, which is, a, which is the biggest thing to watch for this year, is SGA building chemistry with Josh Giddy. That is the, the biggest takeaway in all of this and, and the biggest talking point for the whole season. With Josh Giddy, though, also, to go back to the win total, I think Josh Giddy gets better this year. I think he gets better finishing at the rim. I think he gets better shooting. I think that he uh, is going to be serviceable enough defensively. I think that they're going to win more than, you know, 23 and a half games. It might be 25. It, it might be 26. It might be 24. But I think that they're going to win uh, more than 23 and a half games. They got two wins better from two years ago to last year. I think they can at least get a, a win better from last year's squad at 24. And even if they stay stagnant at 24, that'd still win you the bet. That would still win you the bet. So the, the true impact of this is the tanking strategy part of it. To me, the Thunder were always going to have a, a pretty bad record. I, I never uh, bought into the play-in or playoff hopes. However, what it changes is those people who did have those aspirations or who did want the Thunder to chase the play or chase the playoffs, that kind of goes by the wayside now after this injury. But I think that when Sam Presti talks about letting the season play out, I think that in a year like this, where you have a tough October, and even looking at your first 11 games, the Thunder should be what after the first 11 games? They could be 1-10. in 10. That's how difficult the schedule is. They could be 1-10 in 10 after the first 11 games. In a season in which... In my opinion, I've graded out seven guys who I think could be top three pieces of an organization, and many people are thinking that Victor Mignogna is the best prospect since LeBron James. When you have a draft class like that, and you have an awful start, and you have a massive injury in Chet Holmgren, that's a lot easier to circle all those things up on on your uh, document and push it over to, let's go ahead and tank. That Those are a lot of qualifiers. Those are a lot of data points that you can use to... to, to convey to your audience, whether that be ownership, whether that be players, whether that be coaches, whether that be fans, whomever, to say, you know what, let's pack it in, let's move into next year, try to get the highest pick that we can, and even if the lottery odds go completely against us and we fall to our worst outcome, and that's pick five, either the Thunder get a really good player at five, in my opinion, in this draft class, that's deep enough to get a really good player at five, or you package five and three first-round picks and get to two or a first-round pick and five and get to two. And you get an incredible player, either Scoot Henderson or whoever else uh, you want to the top of this draft. No one can trade for Victor Mignogna, in my opinion. Number one's off the, off the board. But getting to five allows you to play the game. It allows you to be in the ballpark of trading up if you want to, up to two. So I think that the impact that it has on this is that the, the season is going to get defined a lot quicker. If you still had Chet Holmgren... If you still had, you know, uh, uh, him working with SGA and integrating with Josh Giddy, 
I think that you win maybe two, three games in your first 11, which kicks the can down the road a bit. They might hit their stride. They might hit a groove where they win five, six, seven out of 10. And then boom, now you're kind of in that in-between period. I think that you're going to know quicker now that you're not a playing team versus if you were to play. Granted, I think that even if he did play by the all-star break, they would have pivoted and said, you know what, let's just tank because would you rather be the 10th seed and play in the play-in tournament for a game or two? Or would you rather have the fifth best odds at Victor Mignogna, a generational talent to pair with all these guys? The decision is pretty clear. Nine years of, of possibly Scoot Henderson, Victor Mignogna, whoever you knew, whoever you want to call upon versus two games in the play-in tournament. So I think that it's that simple. I think that, that that's kind of all that's changed. And yes, it sucks that Ch- that Chet Holmgren will not play NBA basketball this year, and it puts a damper on the season. There's still a lot to look forward to this year. Chet will still get developmental time, just in different areas that we just can't physically see, which does suck because fans want to be able to see those things. Um, but I think all is going to be okay. I think that we can all just take a deep breath and be all right with uh, this outcome and with um, this future of this team. As far as the SGA part of this, I know that a lot of you are going to be begging that question. You have five years of SGA. This is not a playoff season. So you have four more years of SGA. Can you capitalize in those four years? That's what it comes down to. I approach the NBA and trades and everything like that around the NBA like this. The NBA is a glorified drama. It's a glorified soap opera. It's why they play a lot of their games on TNT where drama happens. You don't got to go looking for it. The drama will find you. The drama will find you. So I'm not going to worry about SGA asking for a trade until SGA asks for a trade or at least shows any sign of discontentment, which he has not so far. Everything from SGA publicly and behind the scenes has been, he's perfectly fine in Oklahoma City, likes it here, wants to stay here, wants to build here, wants to grow here, wants to win here, wants to see this thing through here. So let's treat it as such. And as a bow on it, even if you're just deathly afraid of SGA becoming this malcontent, we just saw one of the biggest players in the sport, Kevin Durant, try that with four years left on his deal. Didn't work. He's back with Brooklyn. He wanted to go to Phoenix. He wanted to go to Miami. He's back with Brooklyn. So even if SGA goes behind the scenes and says, hey, I want to trade, Sam Preston can just say, we can't find good enough value for you. So give us another year and see if you'll still want to trade then after we, uh, you know, make a move here or there. I still think that the Thunder will make a pretty decent-sized move this offseason, in 2023 offseason. I think that in the 2023 offseason, the Thunder will make a trade for a proven NBA guy. Because they're going to have to, even if they get Victor Wimignana. Let's let's say this all works out perfectly, and they make a good situation out of a bad one. And Chet Holmgren develops really well in the film room. Chet Holmgren lifts a lot of weights and looks a bit better uh, with his frame to ease some concerns of the casual fans. And let's say that SG and Josh Kitty grow together, get on the same page, and have chemistry, but still they lose a lot of ball games because they're young and inexperienced, and they can't close out games at the end, and they then get lottery luck, and they draft Victor Mignogna, and so now they have Victor Mignogna and SGA and Josh Giddy and Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams. I still think that they'll cash in some of those first-round picks and get a proven NBA guy, whoever the next NBA guy is that's disgruntled. Because 
you only have four more years of SGA at that point. And you're going to need guys who've been around the league and guys who've played in the playoffs and guys who have, have played on winning teams to teach the young guys how to do that. Because at that point, you'll have two of your best players, Victor Mignogna and Chet Holmgren, who have played exactly zero NBA games. So I still think that big things are going to come this offseason. So all SGA has to do is give the team, you know, six, seven, eight more months, and then this all looks different. Because in reality, what is Chet Holmgren's war? What is his win above replacement? Three games, four games, five games? So for the sake of losing five more games than you would have, do you think that SGA now is going to turn his back on the plan? After he agreed to a five-year deal no opt-outs, after he has said that he talks to Mark and Sam Presti constantly and that he loves the vision, loves the plan, and is excited about the future, this is the final straw, an unbelievably fluke injury that nobody could control. I'm not going to go out and look for drama. I'm going to see if it happens or not. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So that's where I stand on the Chet Holmgren injury and everything surrounding it. I do want to talk, though, with Jackson Gatlin about the narrative surrounding Chet Holmgren and about the... Just the kind of attention it's getting from fans, the victory laps, the discourse on social media about this injury. We're going to talk about that with Jackson Gatland in the show coming up. Joining us now is Rylan Styles from Locked on Thunder. You can follow on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Now, Rylan, unfortunately, some of the most disappointing news probably of this NBA offseason, Chet Holmgren injuring himself in a pro-am, the, the crossover event and is going to now miss his entire rookie season. You know, it, it seems kind of like a whirlwind of events because it, it, it felt like we got the the news that Chet Holmgren had the injury and the initial, like, you know, prognosis, whatever, was he might, you know, miss a couple months beginning part of the season. And then seemingly, what, within 24 hours, 48 hours, it went from he might miss a little bit of time to, oh, he's completely scratched out for the entire year. So let's start first with the the severity of this injury. What do we know about it so far? So far, we just, like you said, it started out when you were watching the crossover live. Ah, maybe it's a rolled ankle. Maybe it's nothing. Don't hear anything for days on end. And then Wednesday, Shams reports that they fear it's like a, a ligament damage and they fear it could be for the season. Then Thursday morning, boom, the Thunder sent us a press release saying he's out for the year. And Sam Presti immediately goes on to a Zoom meeting. And we all talked to Sam. And talking to Sam was very encouraging. As Sam Presti mentioned that, uh, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a bone break or a fracture. This was a, uh, kind of a tendon issue and that he's already, you know, lifting with his upper body, you know, lifting weights and he's already shooting, um, without putting weight on that right foot, obviously. And that they've been given assurance that this should recover perfectly fine. And it should be something that he gets over and doesn't have any uh, negative reactions to in the future of his career. Obviously it sucks to miss this season, but I, I think that ultimately big picture, It'll be okay. I mean, Sam Presti put it best. If, if you if you told me I could have Chet Holmgren or any other player in this draft, I'd, but I have to wait a year for Chet Holmgren, I'd still pick Chet Holmgren. I'd, I'd still wait that year and, and get Chet Holmgren. So maybe this will work out you know, 10, 15 years on the line. And then maybe also 
he has injury concerns. Who knows? I think that that big takeaway of injury concerns is kind of fool's gold because as a peek behind the curtain, those of us in the media don't know anything. We're not doctors. So either he's going to get hurt again and we say he's injury prone or he's not going to get hurt again. And we won't say he's injury prone. We play the results on that kind of stuff. So we just don't know what's going to happen from this. Either he will or won't get hurt. And as of right now, he looks on track to make that recovery. Hey, and look, the, the last, you know, premier big man prospect to have missed not only just one season, but a couple seasons right out of the gate after being drafted at the top of the NBA draft seems to be doing pretty well for himself right now. And that, that guy's name is Joel Embiid. So if Chet Holmgren can have any semblance of a career like that after recovering from this injury, you know, working on his body, getting, you know, and, and, right. That was one of the messages from Sam Presti, too, is the the encouragement that he should be able to still do a lot of work with the basketball, a lot of, you know, still practice and training routine, stuff like that. Obviously not the not quite the same, like the on-court reps that you would have hoped he could have gotten from his rookie year, like, you know, a normal rookie year. But there's still optimism that he will be able to grow and learn despite the injury, right? There, there is a ton of optimism about his development. And, and I think that people are going to get confused. And especially as this team probably gets off to a slow start win wise, I mean, look at their October stretch that they, they could be one in one in nine after their first 11 games. It, it could be, you know, one at one in 10 or whatever to the first 11 games. It, it could be terrible. Look at that. Look at that opening stretch and you'll see why uh, it's going to be confusing to see Chet Holmgren on the court, but not playing basketball. But I want to stress that there's a huge difference in getting shots up and, and, and practicing versus playing a five-on-five game versus playing a five-on-five game in the actual NBA. And, and so the the messaging has been clear that it'll be you know an overhaul to his body, being able to lift weights and stuff for a whole year. And also he'll get on that court soon, you know, in, in, in the relative terms of like four or five, six months. Uh, and still he'll be able to practice and get better. And then the, the live five-on-five stuff will probably happen sometime over the summer. And then he'll be able to be full go once the season starts next year as it stands right now. But the big thing was just there are so many other ways to get better than playing five on five NBA basketball. That's obviously a very important way to do it. But Chet Holmgren is a basketball junkie, self-proclaimed. And that's what Sam Presti was pushing a lot last week. He's going to be in the film room. He's going to be asking questions. He's going to be engaged in practices. He's going to be taking mental reps and seeing and envisioning how he can make this team better. While that will also make him frustrated because of, you know, I feel like I can make this team better if I could play, but I can't physically play. It'll also get him more prepared to join this team in a year from now. So I think that this will do uh, some good to his developmental, you know, kind of track in the sense of, it's not as though it's just a total waste. This isn't 2K. He's not just going to be sitting in a kind of hyperbolic chamber for a year and just not touching anything and not doing anything. He's not a trading card. He's an actual human being. So he'll get to talk to Mark about NBA basketball and talk to talk to the coaching staff about how uh, why this happened or why they called that player. Or, or you know, he's going to get those uh, mental reps and Sam Presti's stress that it'll be on the Thunder to keep him engaged. And that to me was a huge talking point and why I believe that the Thunder can do that not just as a blind homer, it's because last year, whenever they sent guys down to the G League like Trey Mann, like Jeremiah Rompsnurl, like Pokashevsky, the, the the blue play in the same exact arena as the Thunder in the Paycom Center. And so every night after that blue game ended in the, in the afternoon, they called them right back up. They wanted them back on the bench. They wanted them to be engaged in the game. So they've already laid that foundation of, as an organization, we want to be, you know, we want to have this camaraderie, we want to have this togetherness. That will not change with their second overall pick. In fact, of course, it'll get enhanced with their second overall pick. So I, I still think that the messaging from Sam Presti should make you feel very excited if you're a Thunder fan about the future. And this Thunder team this year still has two other lottery picks and three three draft picks in general still, uh, plus SGA, plus Josh Giddy. So it sucks. Obviously, we'd rather, we'd rather watch Chet Holmgren play October 19th than not. But 
it's not as though it's doom and gloom and this is just all over. Like his career is over, his, his NBA track record is over. It's, it's not any of that. It's a freak accident and you move on from it. Yeah, a lot of synergy definitely within the the Thunder organization between the the OKC Blue between the Thunder, um, and then to your point about just the 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 fact that so much of the development goes on kind of behind the scenes. Everything that I've you know understood from talking to coaches, players, scouts is that you know the development that we see taking place you know forty eight minutes out of a game, you know eighty two games out of a season is just the tip of the iceberg compared to what actually goes on behind the scenes, going through practices, shootarounds, going over film, all that, and that's all things that that Chet should still be you know have access to, albeit you know in a bit of a limited capacity as far as you know full blown like five on five scrimmages, things like that. But the development doesn't just stop because of this injury so i do think that's a a very important takeaway to have here if you're looking for some type of optimism or some silver linings out of this situation now Rylan, one of the other things that I've seen that's been kind of an unfortunate side effect of this is I've seen some like NBA fans out there trying to like, you know, run like victory laps over, you know, hey, well, you know, going into the draft, like we had, you know, Chet had some injury concerns, right? How's his frame going to hold up at the NBA level? What would you say to any individuals that are trying to like run this referendum on Chet's ability, you know, uh, to, to succeed in the NBA with with his size, his frame because of this type of an injury? Well, as Devin Booker once said, you you can't talk basketball with everybody, and you can't also uh, you, you can't also expect everybody not to be lazy. So, basketball there are so many levels to it: high school, college, NBA, and everyone wants to be an expert. Like it's fun being an expert. It's fun talking about basketball. It's fun acting like you know what you're doing and predicting and, and saying, "Oh, I was right there," and ignoring all the parts where you were wrong. The thing is, that's just lazy in Chet Holmgren's case. Not only. This is a freak accident. Not only was this, does this have nothing to do with his frame. So therefore your frame concerns are also non-existent at this point because this injury was not a, a cause of that. And uh, Brian Windhorst of the uh, of ESPN talked about on the Hoop Collective podcast that they were able to watch those private runs that he was posting on Instagram. Uh, they were actually in the gym on those runs where he was playing against Embiid. And he looked really good against Joel Embiid. Uh, so like it wasn't a frame thing. This was a freak accident. And you're also showing that you don't know what you're talking about whenever this is Chet Holmgren's first ever injury, ever. Like, this is the first time he's ever been hurt. So how is he? How is there injury concerns with him when he's never had an injury beforehand? So it's just, you can't talk with everybody, and also you can't escape people being lazy just because they want to have a take. They want to have an opinion. They want to have blame. Sometimes there's just no one to blame, and it just sucks. And and it's just a, it's just a misfortune. Sometimes the situation just sucks. I couldn't have said it better myself. Last thing here for you, Rylan. And this one's maybe a bit of, you know, maybe a bit divisive here, you know, amongst some people, but just, you know, should Chet Holmgren have even been playing in the Pro-Am event to begin with? And do you think that this situation may lead to, you know, teams being even more kind of protective than they already are of especially like, you know, highly touted prospects coming to the NBA? We already kind of see it right during summer league where, you know, they'll they'll trot out the rookies for, you know, a couple games here and there. And then oftentimes they get shut down for the remainder of summer league because nobody wants to risk an injury when there's no stakes, that kind of thing. So, so how do you think this kind of plays out in the future of, of situations like these pro events that we see taking place during the off season. I just think it goes back to playing the results. I mean, LeBron played in that game. Jason Tatum played in that game. The court was terrible for them too. They just happened not to get hurt. Paul Carroll played in that game. So even if you want to compare and say, well, this was your prize rookie, this is going to turn, turn your franchise around. This is a future superstar. Well, so it's Paul Carroll for the magic. And he still played in that game. Uh, and Gary Harris got hurt two days ago in a private practice where he's out for the season. Now he, he hurt his knee in a private run. Injuries happen, and these guys are going to play basketball. If they didn't, you'd call them lazy, and you'd say that they aren't working on their craft or don't care about the NBA or don't care about their job. So you can't have it both ways. I think that uh, this is a 
again, misfortune, but to me, it's not a referendum on pro events. I mean, should they have played that physical game that day, considering the court conditions? No, but in general, should guys play in the Drew League? Should guys play uh, pickup games in the offseason? Yes. I mean, they're basketball players. So that's what they should do. It was just a bad mixture of circumstances to where if no one gets hurt that day and they call the game three possessions earlier and nobody gets hurt, we're not even talking about this discussion of if guys should play. We're still celebrating it. We're still putting it on the NBA app. We're still watching it for no reason at home. So it's just a, it's just a uh, bad situation and just misfortune. What does this OKC Thunder team look like without their prized rookie big man on the floor? What does Chet Holmgren's development look like not touching the court for the OKC Thunder this season? You're going to have us covered for all of that and more over at Locked on Thunder. Rylan, I appreciate you stopping by Locked on NBA with me. Thanks for having me. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.